granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. She mouth you. Rate and review this podcast while my daddy will go into a deep depression. <laughs> Welcome to Grown Dad Business. It's Aaron Kleiber. Hey, friends. Uh, I am still in Georgia. Good times. Lots of fun comedians this weekend. Uh, comedian I have on today, he has a podcast called The Water Polo Dojo, and it is exactly what it says it is. It is a podcast about water polo, and uh, you may have seen him on Nickelodeon. You may have heard him widely played on Pandora, Sirius XM, Dave Williamson. Yep. What up, homie? Hey, buddy. We finally made this happen. I know. After just this debauchery of food and drinks and comedy. In in our southern mansion here, all of our the frills that we've been experiencing. Dave, tell people right now the room that we found to record in. (laughs) This is... This is the Jekyll Island Rotary Club Library. And it looks like something... Uh, it's like a used bookstore in an indoor flea market. Yeah, yeah, that was better than anything I was going to come up with for Ooh, sure. Okay, this is uh, yeah. There's some stories in this room, yeah, and I'm not talking like, about the books. I mean, yeah, some this, shit's gone this down is here. An odd place. This There's, little nook. I like it though. It's very homely. It is, and it's like almost perfect for like a sound room. It is a podcast studio if I've ever seen one. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I'm gonna take pictures of it. Uh. Dave, we did shows this weekend. Dave's dad. I am and a dad. Dave, Dave, dude, when I saw, I was excited to see you because you're one of the few like dad comedians. Yeah, not by design either, man. I mean, no, just, we just end up talking about what's going on in our life, obviously. Exactly. And being a dad's a big part of my life. And uh, my kids are also pretty hilarious. So, We're so the I, same I, I, person. Yeah, it's funny, like, when I first started doing comedy, like, all my jokes were about fake IDs and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, it's like, I have an hour on being a dad, and I'm like, well, I guess that's my theme right now. Yep, that's exactly why, you know, and I have a podcast called Grown Dad Business. Yeah. My album is Grown Man Business. I mean, it's like, it's my whole thing, because once I had my second kid, that was it. Like it just was, it was dominated my life. Yeah, it, it's your, it's your uh, identity. You know, my, it's my, you know, worldview. Yeah. Um, some people fight it. Some people have kids and they still don't really. Uh, they don't. They don't adopt that as their identity. You know. But um, you know, I like, I like posting uh, photos of my kids and stuff like that. Me too. And I don't care if that's what people. Yeah, I, I, I never care for like, you know, people are like, you showing them too many pictures of your kids. I'm like, whatever, dude, bye. Do you do you worry about that? Like being like, you know, what we do for a living and we have like strangers that friend request us and stuff? Yes. Have you gotten to the point where that's become an issue at all? Uh, Only a couple times when, you know, like pe- random people or fans, which is why I started a fan page and which is why I made my personal page private. Mm-hmm. Because like you get a couple of yahoos from s- some city you played, who friends you, and then they're talking about how hot your pregnant wife is on a photo yeah. of your family, and I'm like, what? I had this lady recently who um, I finally unfriended her, and I felt kind of guilty about it and bad, but 
Um, she has the same last name as me. And well, and she friend requested me, and uh, I don't remember ever meeting her at a show or anything. I yeah. think maybe she just found she was like a lonely lady on Facebook who stumbled across my page. Maybe I don't know. Sure, but so she would comment a lot, and it was never anything inappropriate or anything like that. It was just yeah. she was very into my life for someone who doesn't know me, basically. Sure. And then she would start sharing my pictures, and it wasn't like a picture of like a poster, like where I was gonna be performing that night. It was like family picture it was almost like she was trying to be my aunt like online like it's almost like she was trying to show people like my nephew's famous yeah but i don't know who she is like you know i never met her that's really odd so i finally unfriended her Uh-oh. and i felt bad about it because she was never anything but she sweet. messaged you no she knew she knew you hear that pam williamson <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. but, you know, I, I don't think that we're, I mean, there's always going to be some yahoos, but um, I, and I don't know if we're at the level of uh, fame yet where it's a, a, a serious issue. Right. But it's definitely something that um, that I think about, like, okay, when and if that ever happens, how am I going to make the transition on all my social media stuff? Because I don't want to not be able to share pictures of my family and my I know. kids. You know? I know. And I think there's a point, too, where you have to maybe think like, well, you know what? I'm not going to be able to be on Facebook. Yeah. That's weird. Not like in a weird, like, oh, no. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that stinks. But, hey, it'll be a good problem to have, I guess. Absolutely. means things are going well. I want (laughs) to delete all. I want to delete all my kids' pictures off of Facebook. Yeah, I want to have that issue. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, so I know you've talked about this on other podcasts and stuff, but one of the most fascinating things, well, before I get into that, I was finishing saying about, like, how I love seeing dad comedians because I love seeing you on stage, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Like I see bits. You do this tooth fairy bit, right? The dentist tooth fairy bit. Yeah, Dude. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Why didn't I think of that? It's so good. So you know what was kind of fun last night? I did that bit. Um, I have a point in it where I say, so the whole the whole premise of the bit is not to just do material on your podcast. No, no, no. But, don't. Um, <laughs> is... Uh, you know, I flip it and I, I, you know, instead of me giving the kid money for his tooth, I basically set it up where I've told my kids that, you know, they, they lost a tooth because they didn't brush their teeth every day. Sure. And the only way to fix it is by putting a dollar under their pillow and then the tooth fairy will let it grow back, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when I, genius, but when I, when I was talking last night, I always wonder whether the, the crowd sees it coming or not. The punchline with the, put the dollar under your pillow and then right before I say, and maybe the tooth fairy let you let it grow back, I um I was like, all right, you you only have one chance to fix this. And right before I said the tooth fairy thing, I heard a guy whisper in the audience to, you know, his wife, and you'll have to go to the dentist. Or he was trying to guess something about the dentist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the first time, as long as I've been doing that bit, where I realized like, oh, maybe people don't really see that coming, huh. you know? Because you never know, like you you never see your joke from the outside in, you know? Yeah. So that's funny though. I like it. I love, I love, you know, I love seeing that. And like, I'm like, and two, it's like a thing where it's like, am I doing something different? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are are we different? I mean, you're like, yeah, good, good. All right. You know, like. Well, there's uh, always going to be things that are just like right there for you that you got to, like you you and I both do a bit about, you know, well, you, you do a bit about drinking alcohol in a sippy cup and I've done a bit about doing vodka in a Capri Sun and yeah. I mean, we're all gonna have like those, those and that's cross. fine yeah we're and gonna... we do we both do a Santa bit and I heard yours and I'm like wow it's so crazy how similar it is but so different yeah so different 
But that makes sense. And that's a good thing. We're not, you know, I mean, I always try to think that, like, if I'm doing something that just happens to kids, I have to do it in some original way. Yeah. You know, some, like, find some angle on it that nobody else is going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Um, or just develop it to the point where it's very unique and right. obviously your own and not something you stole or whatever, you know? It's, yeah. Or that you're just taking low-hanging fruit. I mean, Yeah, or feels generic or, yeah. you know, you know, especially if it happens in my life. I'm like, well, I can't make this up, yeah. you know? Well, that's why I've started telling more stories on stage. That's kind of right. what I really like to do now. And, you know, so I, I come from a, a family of storytellers and I grew up watching my mom hold court at the Thanksgiving table and my right. grandmother was a notorious exaggerator, you know? And <laughs> Is that where, it's, where you get that from? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's growing up. I mean, I have funny ladies in my tales. family, but everybody's goofy as hell in my family, my mom's side of the family. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you my grandmother would tell stories of like, uh, like a storm knocked the ping pong table into the pool and she said she pulled the ping pong table out of the pool and my grandma. Me and five of my friends wouldn't be able to pull that ping pong table out of a pool. Like, there's no way you pulled that out of the pool, you know? Yes, I did. Yeah, you weren't there. <laughs> did you? Did you always? Did you have siblings growing up? I was an only child. Wow, with a bunch of goofy women. Yeah, I was an only child. Um, but actually, kind of, kind of interesting, and I haven't talked about it too much. But um, so my dad, my stepdad, is my. My dad is really my stepdad, but he adopted me. My, my real right. dad bounced when I was like, you know, one or something like that. Me too, buddy. So We uh, are crazy similar. What? My biological father bounced when I was like three months old. What if I was just down here in this library talking to myself the whole time? Like, you've been my Bruce Willis this whole weekend? No, it was like, uh, what's that movie where it was, he thought he had a friend or something? Adaptation. It's fight Club. Adaptation, yeah, uh, Fight, fight Club. club. <laughs> yeah, that's it, we're the comedy Fight Club. Yeah, except it's just dads. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, so whoever's real gets the other one's jokes because they're fake. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so I always just considered, you know, my stepdad is my, is my dad. Sure. You know, he, he always will be. And, you know, I I forget, I mean, that he's not, I mean, sure. If I go to the doctor and the doctor's like, does your father have any, uh, history of, of, you know, health? I like, it takes me a second to even remember that it's, you know, not in my genes, but, um, so my my biological father had uh, you know uh, has two kids that are about eight years younger than me, and uh, I never knew much about them. Yeah, and then I just recently found out that they both live in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah, just by coincidence, you know, because they're from Florida as well. Really? So I reached out to him. I found him on Facebook, and I reached out to him, and we got together recently. And uh, they're great people, and we're starting to get to know each other. And I uh, hang out some and everything, and uh, it's really cool. So it's, hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been an only child my whole life, and now all of a sudden I have people that share my DNA, you know? Yeah, that's so, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's cool, man. And I mean, I just feel very blessed that they're actually really sweet and fun and interesting people, you know? Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely. No, it definitely, uh, we're, we have a lot more in common. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to drop a bombshell on me. I'm waiting for No, I mean, uh, I, I, I know that my biological father has has uh, has kids, too. Yeah. And I haven't met him. I mean, I never thought, I, I never expected I ever would. Like, it was never something that what I ever... What made you want to do that? Well, so somehow my mom 
caught wind uh, of them living out in L.A. So she yeah. told me. She was like, you know, she thought I should know. So she just mentioned it to me. And then, you know, if they lived in Ohio somewhere or something, I probably wouldn't have thought about it. But I'm like, man, right. these people could live right down the street from me, and I wouldn't even know it, you know? Right. So just the fact that they were there, I mean, I'm like, it felt like I should at least try. You feel like it's like now you have, like, more family to worry about? Or, like, is it like that? Or... No, I mean, I don't know if we've gotten to that point yet. I mean, still just kind of getting to know each other, yeah. you know? I think that's hard. It's it's a weird thing when when uh, you're technically family with somebody, but you don't really have the history that you would have. Of a right, family, I mean, you know? like, I, I've always thought kind of like, you know? yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, we share DNA, but it's like I have a family, I've grown up with a family, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not, I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I have, like, you know, the way my family is, like, my mom, like, all my mom's best friends, like, are my aunts, like, you know, right, like, right. Aunt Moe and Aunt Galen and all, you know. Sure, I have, I have all and, that, too. I got brothers and sisters that aren't my brothers and sisters. Yeah, you know, exactly. People that so, call I mean, family. I, even though I have a small family, like, I've got so many people in my life like that that are just, like, right. will always be. Right, absolutely. And, it, I mean, do you think it's a kind of a weird thing where you're... Like, have you reached a point where you're like, like, hey, tell your kids, like, oh, you have an aunt and uncle or something like that? That's a weird thing to me. Uh, I think I kind of explained it to them a little bit, but um. And how old are your kids? Eight and six. Okay, eight and six. But we'll yeah, get, we're we'll we're get there right eventually. on. I'm right on line with you. Yeah, I have seven and five. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there eventually. Hmm. It's always funny, like uh, trying to decide how much a kid can handle or understand. You know. Sure. Like my younger son's hilarious. Like, you know, if I've tried, I think I tried, I did try to explain to him a little bit. And then he just like, <laughs> there's people we'll see all the time and he'll refer to them as like that guy who tickled me that one time. Or, you know, like he just like assigns like nicknames for people kind of, you know, that guy who tickled me and people hear the girl, that the, the girl with the glasses <laughs> who brought me, who brought me a present. The yeah. guy who tickled me one time. You're in a public restaurant. Yeah. You mean, you mean your grandpa? Yeah. <laughs> you mean your pap-pap? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. He will do yeah. He'll be like, we'll be like, oh, grandma wants to talk to you on the phone. Which grandma? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. grandma, who cares? Like, it's, oh, grandma. Don't worry. <laughs> what, so now are your kids into, um, are your kids into sports and stuff? Uh, my, uh, my, my son just started soccer. He played little kid soccer. He's going to play again. And my daughter wants to sign up for soccer. My daughter does, like, dance also. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll play a little uh, rug hockey with my son because I grew up playing hockey my whole life. But I, I don't really push uh, sports on my kids. I don't at all. Yeah. Because I grew up in a, you know, kind of in some sports. And I just don't want to pressure my kids into the sports culture. No, you shouldn't. My kids are really... My kids are much more artistic. Yeah. They get more of the art, artistic and creativity from my wife and I, and they're constantly making up stories and drawing pictures and painting and writing. My, my youngest son's like that. So my older son, I never had, I mean, I, I, even if I wanted to, I didn't have to press him into sports because he just he just loves it, man. From, right. From day one, he just was like passionate. You know, I'm sure some of that's him seeing me watch football and be sure. into sports. So, like, you know, they want to be like you. But, um. He's just like so overboard addicted to sports. He just wants to play football and basketball and soccer. And every time we get home, was there a game on TV? And it just yeah. he collects baseball cards and 
He's just so into that culture. Huh. And then my youngest son could care less. Like my youngest son really likes like riding his bike and um, you know, like when we go out on the on the boat, like here's a good example. We go on the boat with my grandma with their grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Like uh Carter likes to be the kid who's water skiing behind the boat, you know? Yeah. yeah. And Owen likes to sit on grandpa's lap and drive the boat. Like yeah. Owen will drive something all day long. He yeah. just likes he like so he's into that kind of stuff. And uh, he, he'll go set up the table in the front yard and paint something, you know? Like, yeah. he's very artistic. He's into cooking. He loves helping in the kitchen. And we signed him up for this little... I live in El Segundo, which is this really cool little community in L.A. Yeah. And uh, they, the Parks and Rec Department's, like, insane. They have so many programs for kids. Yeah. So we signed him up for a cooking class. He goes to a five-year-old cooking class, like, uh, twice a week, like, you know? That is awesome. Yeah, and they actually learn how to cook. That's awesome. And uh, he's just... He's really into that. Um... So it's just funny how they're like personality shape, you know? Oh, it's it blows my mind. Like I my third one is like uh she's gonna be a year in a couple weeks and it's just already kind of seeing her personality and it's watching them become like real people. Yeah. They are re- real people, you know. At conception, wait, no, never did, mind. Did you guys um, mean, <laughs> did you guys mean to have a third child? No. No. I mean I know I tell a joke like, you know. I have three kids on birth control. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did you say And, uh, I mean, the first one was kind of planned, but it was kind of like, I'm off birth control. I'm pregnant. Yeah. Like, it was like, what? Dude, Wait. we did the same thing. We had so many friends who were having a hard time getting pregnant, and we're looking yep. at in vitro and stuff. Yep. So, we saw, you know, we'd been married about a year, and we are like, uh, well, let's just start trying, and it'll probably take a year. Yeah, and then year. as she's saying the I-N-G and yeah, trying. she was like, well, I'm pregnant. Yep. <laughs> we did that. On, yeah, we got pregnant right away on both of our kids. Oh, yeah, immediately. And we, um... We always said we wanted to have three boys, and after we had two, we're like, you know what, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean, go through that again. Yeah, but so did, did one of you guys get fixed? No, but it's been a conversation. Oh, you crazy person, you. I mean, here's what I'm saying: if it, I'm only saying that because if 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 you want that, if you don't have kids anymore, it's like you got to do something. But it's, I mean, I, at three, people are like, oh, you're gonna have more, and I'm like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> At this point, I have three. Who yeah. cares if I have four or five? Well, it's see, not going to make a difference. Honestly, it won't. Well, see, now for me, I always figure, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think two to three is a big leap. But I also think that if we had three kids and then we accidentally had a fourth, that would be like, oh, man, that's a lot of kids. But if we yeah. have two and we accidentally have a third, we'll just be like, oh, we got, we got a nice little family now, you know? Yeah, be all right. Round out the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. So we, basically what I'm saying is we left a buffer for a mistake child. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, that's why, you know, now, like, you know, I still live in Pittsburgh, and, and you're one of my friends now that did the you, – you did it. You did it. You moved your children, your little children, to Los Angeles for comedy. Yep, yep. We took and, the leap. You know, I've had our friend Johnny Beaner on before. I've talked to a couple of other people about it, and it it, it, it horrifies me. It – and your story, I, I started prefacing it before, like, you know, you've talked about it before on other podcasts and stuff, but they don't listen to mine, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> you're, just when I think about, like, a parent moving their kids, and then I hear your story, and I'm like, this is bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually told my wife on the phone this morning. Yeah. Well, that's like, how I had to tell, I was like, yeah. you would not, I, you know, because I, I, I said to my wife, I'm like, oh, you know, Dave Williamson, it's that other dad comic, and I was excited to see him. I did say nice stuff, you know, and I'm like, you won't believe what the F he did. <laughs> like, you can, well, Luke, sit down. Let me tell yeah. you his story. 
dude, that, it's fun, it's it's unbelievable. That's kind of how it happened for us too, though, was because uh, I was. God, at, you have balls. <laughs> yeah. Holy hell! And uh, your wife is yeah, a on, sweet on, Saint Teresa. Unclipped ones, apparently. Oh man! So uh, still got it. Yep. So yeah, so that it's kind of how that happened for me too. Is that I was at um I was at a festival. I was at the World Series of Comedy. Yeah, and it was all kind of a perfect storm of things happening. Like, um, I think I can't remember if I left my day job yet or not. But I was getting, I was getting close to wanting to take. Oh no, you know what? I had I'd been doing comedy full time for for a while in Miami. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I'd already left the day job, which was my family business. Yeah. Uh, my my family's in the car business. And uh, my main opportunity in the car business was with the Saturn dealership. And then Saturn, uh, I, I there was a point in time when I never thought I was going to get out. It was just, I knew I was going to be, I, I thought comedy was going to be a side thing for me and I wasn't going to have any other right. choice. Right? And it was a good job. Yeah, it was a good job. Yeah, yeah. it was good. But I, I often was depressed that I wasn't able to do more with comedy because of it. It was, I felt like it was holding me back from right, doing what sure. I really wanted to do, you know? I mean, and I don't care what you do. If you're, if you're working in a nine to five job, it's the worst. Yeah. And you got to do out and do comedy. And then, you know, I, I, I was, was getting, I was getting tired, man. I was yeah. very tired. The baby, you know, like if you're emceeing at that point, I'm emceeing up at like the West Palm Improv, which was yeah. like two and a half hours from my house. Oh, geez. And then, you know, Tommy Davidson or Paul Mooney or someone goes like an extra hour along on the yep. late show. And you got to stick around just to go up and say, hey, everyone, drive home safe. And then you drive home not safely. Yeah. And then uh, you, you pass out at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning if you're lucky. And then uh, the baby wakes up and starts crying five minutes later. Yep. And your wife's been home all day long because you were at work. So you feel like you got to get up and take the baby. And then yep. you literally get two hours of sleep and I got to get up and go open the service drive the next morning, you know? This is this is the, the whole meaning of my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is grown dad business. This is... What I've been preaching to people forever. I love you saying these things. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it was, it was very difficult. But, I mean, I felt like I was building a foundation, you know? Yeah. It wasn't just, you know, wasn't just putzing around with comedy on the side. I mean, it's something I really cared about doing. Yeah, I mean, and, early on, it's tough. Like, my wife's like, wait a second. You're going to a bar with your friends, and you're going to drink four or five beers. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yes. Dude, it's of. so hard for, uh, so, like, our parents, for example, I'm sure you, you've experienced some of this, but... Like, my dad, it took him so long to just wrap his head around but it. But was where, your dad the guy that was working the car dealership? He was pretty retired by the time I came in the business. Okay, but what I'm but, saying yeah. is... But he's of that mentality. Of, but your dad's so, this his hard, hard worker his whole life, yeah. worked in this car dealership business. Well, this makes is, sense. This is, more, this is more where it's hard for that generation to grasp. They're like, wait a minute. You just, you went and did that, and, and all these people were here, and you made how much money? I'm like... Did it for free, Dad, and I was glad that they. I was like, yeah. you know, because you're all bragging, like oh, I got this big show. Right. How much are they paying you? Oh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then they finally start getting paid, and they're like, well, "What do they pay you?" And you're like, fifty bucks. And they like, they're like, "Why are you doing this?" Like, I know. And it's like, it's a foundation. It like takes a long yeah. time. Like, you know, it's almost like I I always tell comics, your open mic process is college. Yeah. It's, it's college. That's like, I mean, you don't make a lot of money in college. Matter of fact, you pay somebody to learn. Yeah, it's it's a it, it's all that. It's college. It's an internship. It's entry level. You right. know. Yeah, yeah. So um so anyways, we were at a point where uh, I'd made the leap to do comedy. We when I left the business, when I left the car dealership, uh, when Saturn shut down, I could have gone over to my uncle's store or whatever. But 
I talked to my dad. I talked to my uncles. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to come up with a one-year plan, and I'm going to walk away from the dealership. Right. And I'm going to try to do comedy. Like, Worst-case scenario, in a year, I realized it's been a big mistake, and then I could come back in the dealership, and I could be completely committed to this and know that I at least – I won't – what always got me was when I'd go to the open mics and there would be some like 65 year old retired dentist who you could tell has just wanted to tell jokes his whole life. Yep. And now he's at the open mic level at 65 years old. I'm like, you should be in the Caribbean somewhere with your money that you've made into a successful business your whole life, you know? Right, right. But nah, he's got this fire in his belly to go make someone laugh, you know? Crazy. So I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. I want to, I want to either do it or not do it. And this is before you had kids. No, no, no. We got kids at this point. We got, we got brand new babies at this when point. When you started stand up. Oh, when I started stand-up? Yeah. yeah that's when I, I started mean. stand-up, yeah, we didn't. I started stand-up right out of college, basically. Right. But, like, you didn't want to start, like, you didn't start, you, what you're saying is you quit your job. I didn't want to be 65 years old or 70 years old and still emceeing at the local comedy club, you know? Right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally get it. You open up some more time to be able to do some Yeah, I wanted to go for you it, can't you can't go know? on the road. Yeah, exactly. Job. Yeah, I was turning I was turning weekends down. Like guys wanted to take me places and right. you know, clubs were calling me when I'd go to festivals and do well. And so anyways, we came up with that plan. I was like, I'm gonna come up with a one year financial plan and uh and then if it doesn't work out, I'll go right back to work at the other store and I'll right. I'll start back at a you know, basic manager and I'll work my way back up again, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was a plan and after about three years of doing that in Miami and um you know, kind of piecing it together, just doing comedy. Uh, you know, we were both starting to feel the squeeze where it's like, all right, our one-year plan was two years ago. Right. And what's the next phase of this plan, you know? Right. So we decided we, 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 we'd gone out to LA. I took, and this might be useful to you. Um, I took my wife and kids out to LA two summers in a row and we got a vacation rental down in Hermosa Beach. And uh, just so my wife could, like, feel it out and see if she would like L.A. or not. She'd never been, you know? Dave, um, let me just stop you right there. Yeah. Um, How did you do that? (laughs) It really wasn't that bad, man. So you go to L.A., right? You go to L.A. from time to time to go do stuff? Yeah, I go every couple months. All right. So what do you mean, how did I do it? How did I do it financially? Dave, how did you afford to take your family for a summer to Hermosa Beach? Okay. So at that point, I was a little bit more financially sound because I still had savings from having a career and uh, I'd given myself um, I was still working. I was getting a paycheck from the dealership for a little bit because after the store shut down, because I was still going to the dealership to uh, sell assets and show the property, things like that. So I was better off then than I am now financially. So you were doing okay. So you, but but regardless, man, you can make that happen. It's you, if you're going to take a vacation at all ever, yeah. uh, which sometimes we don't, but I do I right now. I mean, I do working vacations. So, yeah. So that's what it was. I told Christy, I go, look, I go, let's save up all of our vacation money or whatever. And let's take a family vacation this summer. Yeah. And we got, you know, a cheap vacation rental. Uh, Airbnb wasn't a thing yet, but you know, so I found- how, mu- how, how long did you stay? Like two or three weeks or something like that. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about two, three months. No, 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 no. no. We went for like two or three weeks, and we went and we flew out there, and you know, pieced it together. You know, ate peanut butter and jelly for a few weeks. Right. And um, Christy was able to to see. Oh, I I could see myself living in L.A. So that was phase one. You know. Right. So now she was on board with making the move. Now we had to figure out how to make it happen. 
So I went to the World Series of Comedy one year, which is in Vegas, a little festival. Yeah, I did it last year. And um, I did, uh, I met Tom Simmons there. And Tom's, I love that guy. Yeah. So Tom, funny. No, actually, you know what? That's a lie. Uh, I didn't talk to Tom about it yet. I met uh, Sean uh, Kent. Okay. And Sean Kent was traveling through Vegas in an RV with his uh, his uh, wife and their kids. Wow. And, uh, you know, they'd been in there for like a couple of weeks. And at the time, to me, I'm like, oh, my God, you can do that? And they're like, yeah, it's been really cool. Wow. So I talked to his wife a, a good bit about it. Like, how are you guys doing with the kids and whatever? Right. And so uh, when I came oh, and then I ended up coming in third place that year. So I got all this road work, you know? Yeah. So I come home and I tell my wife, I'm like, well, I want all this road work. And uh, we're trying to figure out what the next phase is. And I met these people. I was like, babe, isn't this just like you did with your wife on the phone? Isn't this crazy? Listen to what these people are doing. And then we were both like, well, that would be kind of cool, right? And my wife's like, we're, we're like, yeah, it would be cool. So I'm like, well, listen, let me start booking this work and just see if it makes sense. And maybe we'll do that on our way to moving out to L.A., you know? So I started booking the work, and it, like, started just coming in, like, so geographically perfect. A lot of st- – all, all four stops to Looney Bins. <laughs> yeah. You actually, sure I did. never did a Looney Bin on that run. You did? I didn't. What? Uh, but you know what I did was I emailed, like, all – whatever, there were 100 clubs or something that right. were offering work. And some were like just the, the guy who came in first and stuff. But I emailed right. them all, and I told them I was barely a headliner at the time. But I told them all, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm a headliner more than I'm a feature, and uh, you know I came in third place. And you know I know you only offer feature work, but if you headline me, I, I would appreciate it." And uh, and then I saw who emailed me back, and then the ones that emailed me back, I said, "All right, hey, if you book me one of the first two weekends in May, yeah. then you don't have to give me a hotel." And a lot of those B rooms jump all over that. They're like, oh, oh I sure, save a hundred bucks, like you know. So uh, since we're coming through the RV, anyways, I just you know had that leverage. Yeah. And um, I also could work for pretty cheap. A lot of those rooms don't offer a lot of money for the first time you come through to headline them. Right. So uh, the fact that we were doing it on the trip too, it's like we, I didn't have to get paid a ton. I didn't have to pay for a plane ticket or anything, you know. Right. You weren't paying for you were paying for gas and food basically. Which was so, great. So it started shaping up, and I booked, like, four months, like, no problem. I had four months all planned out, you know? And uh, wow. and, and it became real. I was like, babe, let's start looking for an RV. And we started looking, and uh, we found one that was perfect. Did you right. rent one? No, I bought one. You bought an RV? Yeah. Well, it's a travel trailer, technically. Um, but, yeah, we, we found you just, one. Everything you're saying, I just see dollar signs. <laughs> yeah, but... It was for me. I'm it was, assuming you knew some people. For for me, it was, I was downsizing because um, I was. And you in sold a, your house. Yeah, I was in a house. I still have my house, but I rented it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the whole purpose of us making this move was the fact that we couldn't afford our lifestyle anymore. Sure. Like if you're gonna keep doing comedy, we got to figure out what the next step is because right. living in this house and you flying from Miami, you know, which is all the way down the corner of the country to you know Indianapolis every week isn't mm-hmm. isn't working, you know. Right. And uh, there's only so many places you could drive from Miami, you know. Right. So we came up uh came up with a plan. It kind of all just fell through. We found or came together. We we found a renter for our house that ended up being perfect. Wow. We uh we found the RV that was in our price range that that worked for us. I traded we had two cars at the time that I had sold myself when the dealership closed. Right. Um I traded in those two cars for a Chevy Tahoe that could pull the trailer. And, uh, oh, okay, I got you. And see, I'm thinking like RV, like you know, tour bus. No, I wish I had that. 
But it's like a camper. So, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's nice. I'll show you a picture. But um, we'd pull into wherever we were at, and then we'd unhook it from the um, from the truck. And then, right. uh, you know, you pop everything out. It's got hard-sided pop-outs, you know, slides. Mm-hmm. And put the big awning up, and you set up your picnic table, and you, you know, that's your home, you know? Wow. And then I'd take the truck, and I'd go do my gigs every night, back and forth to the campground. So and you're at the campground. Does your wife have, like, a rifle? So isn't that scary? I couldn't bring my gun with me because we were going up into Canada and I was yeah. terrified to bring my firearms up over the right. border. Right. Uh, so um, I did binge watch the first season of uh, The Walking Dead on about week two of this trip, which was a very bad idea. Really bad idea. <laughs> I Are got you so freaked out. Kidding me. So I went to Walmart and I bought these two like uh, gigantic knives, basically. Yeah. The clip on our belts. And I make my wife. She'd go jogging, you know, wherever we were at in the morning, like on the hiking trails and stuff. Yeah. And I'd always make her carry the knife with her. And yeah, and oh, so we, my, my my wife would be walking around with a straight Glock all day. Yeah, and I had well, also state lines and stuff. Yeah, uh, it, different in different states with carry permits. Yeah, I didn't bring I didn't bring my gun, but I did have I have a pretty hefty taser, and I had an air horn. So I was always like, if I'm ever not here and like someone's trying to get in the trailer, right. you just you know set that entire air horn off you know right, yeah and we we had things in place wow. and that was what was kind of cool about the walking dead thing it's not like I, I actually thought zombies were gonna like come attack us right but it it set like an actual realistic fear in my heart of like protecting my family wow so i was like all right we need to come up with some some uh protocols you know right right because uh you know we're not in a house here it's not too hard to bust into a trailer sure and uh, you know, if I'm if I'm at a comedy club somewhere on stage and not answering my phone, yeah, you know, she needs to know what to do. Oh my god, you're down. you're the more you talk, the more it's like, yep, this is never going to happen. <laughs> but you know life. what? I never once felt unsafe. Right. Um, I did a lot of research. So I grew up in the bo- in the boating world, but never like camping and RVing and stuff. Right. Right. And there's some parallels, but um, I, I talked to a lot of people, man, uh, yeah. about how to pick out safe campsites and state parks versus, you know, um, RV parks and right. Right. You know, things like that. We, it's not like we were pulling into Walmart parking lots and setting up camp, you know? Right. Right. And, uh, so I guess that does make a difference of where you camp. Yeah, man. Well, it's just the, the more I talk to people, the more people are like, nah, man, it's totally, most of the places you go, it's all like, you know, these, uh, retirees that have these giant RVs and just like, and families. Yeah, and everyone's very, like, um, you become an instant community, you know? Right. You, you talk to the people next to you. I mean, we made some friends in the RV parks that we keep in touch with today. You Crazy. Know? And they come out to my shows and stuff when I wow. travel. And, um, Yeah, I never, the, the only time I ever felt unsafe was actually at some of the parks in L.A. Oh, really? So we were, yeah, because we were bouncing around L.A. trying to figure out where we wanted to live. So anyways, we, we hit the road and we did that. And once we started going, we realized it was fun. And so our, did, how long did you do that for? Well, we we planned on doing it for I think you said you had like planned it out for like four months. I think so. I think I had three months of work, and then somewhere along the line, I got um, into the San Francisco comedy competition. Yeah, and it was going to line up perfectly at the tail end of our trip. Right. So uh, so then I made it to the finals of that, and that's a, if you're in the finals of that, you you spend a month in San Francisco. Wow. So we so we did that. So that was four. So that became four months. And then we went down to L.A., and Christy was like, I'm not in a rush to get out. She's like, we're just having, getting good at this and having fun. Right. So we stayed at the Malibu Beach RV Park for like a month. How was that? Awesome. Yeah. And we spent a lot of time there, actually. 
so then uh so then we we did that for a while and then um i had done a spot on that nick mom night out show right which is all drunk milfs this was perfectly my demographic sounds great and i had a great set because it was my demographic yeah uh-huh yeah <laughs> and uh and then i was having a beer at the bar after the show at the rap party I'm talking to this lady who who works for the, the network, but I don't really know who she is, right? Yeah. I'm just telling her how, oh, yeah, I flew in to do this TV set, and uh, my my family's in Vancouver. I had to leave them in an RV park for the, you know, and now I'm flying back the next morning because I don't want to leave them more than a night. And, right, right. And I'm just telling her the whole story about being in the RV, and she's like, it's really interesting. And she's like, keep in touch. And she gave me her card, and it was, uh, she was like the VP of programming for Nick Mom. <laughs> so then when we got to LA, like a month or two later, and we decided we were going to, stay in the the trailer yeah i called her up or I, I sent her an email and i was like hey we're gonna we're gonna do some more traveling in this trailer my family i'm like can i send you a few pitches and she's like yeah so i sent her a pitch for my mom my uh my wife doing a blog a mom blog you know yeah i sent her a pitch for a web series and i sent her a pitch for a reality show right and basically what they ended up buying was a web series of a reality show so it was right. like it was like a road journal of us traveling right uh, in little two-minute episodes, and I did 10 episodes. And so I booked up going across the country again so we could do that. And you can still watch that. Can you, you know, still watch that somewhere? You know, uh, you could up until about a month ago when that channel right. came off the air. Right. Um, so I don't know if it's on. Oh, hey. Hey, yeah. No, it's fine. No, not us. Nope. No, we've been fine. Yeah. Like this podcast is lights out. Yeah, lights out. <laughs> so, um, so can you watch it? What were you saying? Yeah, I don't think so. It was on their archives, but now that, that website's down, the channel's gone. I don't think so. So I, I have copies though, so I'm going to put them up on YouTube. Eventually. You should. Yeah, that, I, I, I want to see them personally. I'll send them to you. That's fascinating. So, uh, so then by the time we went across, and they the paid country, for that. Yeah, yeah, I made an extra paycheck for ten weeks every every week. Super, just where I was going. And it was cool too because it forced me to take like home videos and yeah. I bought a GoPro and started carrying the GoPro around with me. And, right. You know, and then it forced me to also, I don't know if you do this, but I take tons of photos and videos, like family stuff when we go do stuff. Sure. And then I never do anything with them. Yep. This gave me a deadline where I'm like, I had to edit stuff together by right. Tuesday night, you know? Right, right. And then uh, we'd be in this, we'd be in a state park in like Raleigh, North Carolina or something with no Wi Fi. Yeah. And I'd have a deadline to, to send them the thing. So I'd have to drive into town like when I finished editing at like two in the morning. Yeah. Find a Starbucks and I'd have to sit outside the Starbucks window with their weak Wi Fi signal. Yeah. And it would take uh you oh, know yeah. an hour to upload, you know, yeah. this video. Like a it's, three gig video. So then Starbucks workers would be coming to work at like three thirty, four in the morning to start getting their stuff ready. And I'd be like asleep on their patio just uploading a video to Nickelodeon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the struggle yep that's the dad struggle right that's there it. that's unbelievable <laughs> so uh so then when it was all said and done and we got back to la i mean we'd been living in this thing for a year and a half wow and that was a year and a half a year and a half we lived in that thing yeah i can't hold on i get i it there's no effing way yeah. there's i can't even fathom it dude it was, I'll tell you what, man, it was... And you had, like, what, a four and a two-year-old at that time? So when we started the trip, they were two and four. They had two birthdays in the trailer, yeah. F that. That's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it, though, like, we did get a lot some reprieves. Like, we, um... So, like, my wife's family lives in Indiana. So, like... Sure. So, like, I booked, like, three or four weeks in a row 
um, all around Indianapolis, more or less, right, you know? Sure. So I did like one weekend in Louisville, one weekend in Indianapolis, one weekend in Dayton, you know? So, and so we were like her, staying with her, family. with her family. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we had some, some, uh, and then like, you know, we'd go visit my family for Christmas. So we spent a month there for Christmas, things right. like that, you know? But yeah, we didn't have an address for, for that amount of time. Did you, how did, how did that work? Do you have a PO box? Like, no. So how I does just, that work it, when you're on the road like that? It really going off the grid wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Really? Um, the hardest thing was when you did need something. So like, like our credit card, uh, someone stole our credit card number or whatever. Yeah. So I had to get the bank to send me a new credit card, and it's like, all right, well, I have no clue where to tell you to send it. So right. sometimes it's just having it, having them send it to whatever comedy club I'm at that week. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I had them send it to the uh the RV park if we were going to be there for a while. Wow. Um, or, you know, a friend who lives nearby. It was really funny, too, to always see, like, the, what people's assumptions were. Like, whenever we were rolling through town, if I was telling, like, a friend, like, hey, man, we're going to be around. Like, let's get together. They're always like, hey, you know, if you, if you need to take a shower, you can come take a shower at our oh, house. Oh, like, they think you, like, lost your house and you're yeah, poor. Yeah, And, like, you're like, just, your family's down and out. Yeah. Right? I'm like, dude, we're, we're fine. We don't need showers. They're like, if you need some air conditioning, just come relax. I'm like, well, we, we would would like to come do some laundry because yeah, right. if not, you got to do the quarter laundry machine go do some free laundry. That'd be nice. Yeah. Right. So, and, and a lot of people too would always say, well, didn't your like kids miss your, their friends and didn't you miss your family and stuff? But honestly, they were two and four. We saw and more, we saw more of our friends and family in that stretch of time than I have since I was, you know, a kid, because when you get busy in life, you know, yeah. you end up, realizing like man, I haven't it's like out christmas with... and easter Sometimes yeah like, not even. See, yeah you don't see anybody you're just you go through the motions and before you know but now like we were like making an effort like i was calling old friends from college and being like hey man i'm rolling through town yeah. come by the house you know or we'd go like park the rv out in the street and stay with them for a night you right know? right because why not you know yeah. it's like we'd, we'd and just... it's so funny because everybody you went and visited you have to be like well here's what we're doing yeah and everyone thought it was so cool and too man like, you guys are nuts yeah a lot of times we would invite them that's out fun. to whatever park we were at and you know they'd come out and we'd do a big barbecue and stuff and that's cool it, it really the best way to put it was it made every i got to work a ton um during that stretch of time yeah and every club i worked at felt like my home club because Great. i had my wife and kids with me to do stuff during the day got to sleep in my own bed Right. Got to eat home cooked meals, huh? You know, and have some sort of normalcy. And it also mm. made traveling a pleasure. Whereas that's the worst part of this job, in my opinion, is the sure. we don't get paid for the hour we're on stage. We get paid for the seven hours it took us to get there. Yep, and and all the preparation and stuff. You know, yep. and now you get, you get paid for all that time uh, in open mics. Yeah, now. <laughs> now I'm exactly now I'm driving. You know, or and, delayed flights or nine hour drives. Exactly. But my wife and I were having conversations that we hadn't had since we were like young lovers. Yeah, like it sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like we were having conversations that like we were like rehashing conversations we had when we were dating. Like, you know, like we'd we'd be on these trips on on these drives together and we weren't in a rush too. that was always kind of nice. We always had two or three days to get to the next stop, you know, and uh, we would just be having these conversations like, you know, about, you know, sure. Oh, they ever tell you the story about when I was a kid and, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it was just, it was wow, great, man. Wow, RV for a year and a half, uh, you, you probably pretty got pretty good at parent ninja sex. Yeah. <laughs> I have one funny story about that. 
Um, we'll close on that. All right. This is a good. This is a good uh, ninja sex story. Yeah. Parent ninja sex. <laughs> so my kids. Luckily, my kids. Once they go to sleep, they like out. Yeah. Sure. So little never, kids. Yeah. Sure. So we never really have a problem with that. But um, is this filthy? I don't know if it's filthy. All but right, hit me. Depends how. <laughs> hit me. I need this in my life. <laughs> it depends how you experience it, I guess. Yeah. So one, so one night the kids go to bed, and then, uh, and then we we do the we do the bump and uglies. Yeah. And uh, and then the next morning we're having breakfast in the trailer, right? And uh, I always ask my kids at breakfast, so "How'd you guys sleep last night?" You know. And my older son Carter goes, "Ah, not very good." And I'm like, "Why? What? What, what happened, buddy?" He's well, He's like. Kept trying to sleep, but he's like, kept hearing this like wounded animal squealing outside, <laughs> and uh, it didn't it didn't hit me at first. And I was like, "You're probably dreaming that, huh?" And uh, he was like, "Nope." He's like, "Nope," because I definitely heard it. And he goes, "It just kept squealing and squealing." And then I looked at my wife, and I realized what she was. <laughs> I, I realized what he was talking about. We were both like, "Oh." <laughs> well, yep, definitely. I heard that too, buddy. It's definitely a, a, a wounded animal. Oh my god! I, I saw a pig with a sprained ankle walking by earlier. <laughs> You're right. That's hilarious. <laughs> a pig with a sprained ankle. <laughs> that is ridiculous. And so you did that. You're settled in L.A. Yep, settled in L.A. And uh, you're doing it. Doing it, man. Trying, dude. Just grinding like everyone else. Crazy. You know. Well, if I never had a dad friend to convince me more not to move, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. I don't have the balls, man. You got balls. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, a lot of it was just my wife getting on board. Yeah. And, 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 and my, my wife's been on board for almost everything. And so, but I, man, I don't know if I could sell this one. Yeah. I don't know if I could sell it to myself. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know, dude, a lot of it's getting lucky. You know, a lot of it's, sure. a lot of it's, my wife never totally felt comfortable in Miami. Right. You know, if she did, then maybe this would have never happened. You know, sure. maybe she would have been like, no, I, I, we have a good thing here. Wow. So a lot, a lot of things just lined up to, you know, it wasn't all me just like forcing it to happen, you know? Right. If I didn't win the World Series of Comedy and get that work, then that might not have motivated me to try to book the road work, you know? Sure. So you just never know. But if you wanted to make it happen, you could make it happen, man. I believe in you. But there's nothing wrong with doing it the way you're doing it right now either, man. More and more these days with podcasts and the internet, you can... You oh, absolutely. You don't have to be in L.A. or New York, you know? For sure. But it's just, uh, it's de- it's a definite route to go. That's unbelievable, man. Dude, thank you. That's That story's just unreal to me. Like, not only like, oh, I'm sh- hey, guys, this amazing comedy story. No, like, as a personal story, like, f- dad to dad, friend to friend, I'm like, this is banana. It's such a good, like, well, personally, you know? Yeah, and I'll tell you wholeheartedly, without hesitation, and this is coming from a guy who's had some great spans of time in my life i mean dude i had a wonderful childhood mm-hmm. I, I had jet skis growing up i mean if that tells you anything uh it does tell me a few things i had a, I had a, an inc- a spoiled brat <laughs> i had an incredibly colorful college career i mean I, I've, I've had some good times in my life and sure. i can tell you without a doubt the year and a half that we traveled in that trailer with my family was the best time of my life oh i can't imagine dude and it could have gone either way i mean week two we could have been like what are we doing right you know but honestly, just um, being able to experience that stuff with my family and wow. and uh, and see so much of the country and and right. to just kind of like have that adventure at a point in your life when most people aren't experiencing adventures, right? Was was just so fun, man. And we didn't take it for granted at all. And uh, and it was it was a lot of work, but it was worth it, man. It was the best time of my life. Wow, that's unbelievable. 
Well, thanks, dude. Uh, people can find you. Dave Williamson. <clears throat> DaveWilliamsonComedy.com has got links to all my stuff, and it's got my calendar on there. Yeah. At, and, at uh, Dave Williamson Comedy on Twitter. At Dave Williams, no, at Dave W Comedy on Twitter. Dave W Comedy at Dave Williamson Comedy on Instagram. That's right. Uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't match those up. Son of bitches. And uh, yeah, Facebook. Come, come, inappropriately share my family photos on Facebook. People, amazing. Yeah, guys, guys, (laughs) dig into Dave's Facebook page, find some intimate moments, and uh, just you know, share them on your own page. You don't even need to know them. Don't do that. And in the theme of family, you could download my uh, iPod or or get it on. on Pandora, it's called Thicker Than Water. Which is an amazing cover photo, which is of you in a bottom of a swimming pool. Yeah, sitting on the bottom of a swimming pool in clothes with my kids swimming around behind me. It's, it's a really great cover. A photo credit to Cindy Sipe of Miami, Florida. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Well. Thanks for having me, buddy. I got to get on the road, dude. Yeah, it's bye. Late. Bye, everyone. See ya. Be kind and be funny. That's it, dude.